Welcome back to the Future Cast Show on the Roto Underworld Radio Network. I am your host of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. This is episode three. And all I want to do is get in my truck, go to the corner store, buy a bottle of Old English, a 40 ounce, and pour it out. We need to pour one out for Jalen Waddle. We need to pour one out for the 2021 class of wide receivers because it just took a hit. It just took a hit. Jalen Waddle, why? Why? Damn it, Jalen. God damn, why did you run that ball out of the end zone on the kick return on the first play of the game versus Tennessee? No. Yes, people. Yes, one of the most talented wide receivers in this class, the wide receiver that I had pegged following that Henry Ruggs trajectory as being the first wide receiver taken in the 2021 NFL draft was just knocked out of the season. He suffered what was identical to some degree of the Dak Prescott injury. The only difference was he didn't dislocate his ankle, but fractured ankle done for the season. All the timelines from the Twitter Twitter medical professionals have said this is a three to six month recovery for the injury. And then there's still time, you know, there's still additional time for him to get back up to speed. So, you know, pretty much he's not going to participate in the combine. Who knows what he's going to do for pro day. This is a devastating blow for us in rookie drafts. This, this, this stinks, man. And this is, this is the reality of football in general, not just college football, not just this season for those that didn't opt out or opted out and then opted back in. But it's just it's it's crushing when this shit happens on meaningless type plays. Right. It was a kick return. You know, as I watch these games, one of the most the scariest plays are when these running backs or these wide receivers or quarterbacks are tackled from behind where the defender it's it's almost identical to the horse collar, except that they're not grabbing the back of the shoulder pads inside of that jersey. But when all of their weight is pretty much going against the force of the runner. I mean, it, it always looks like bad shit's going to happen every single time. And yeah, Nick Saban confirmed it at the half. Jalen Waddle done for the season, broken ankle. What does this mean for us in Dynasty? What does this mean for us in rookie drafts? Well, Jalen Waddle was my wide receiver three, and I even toiled with the idea of moving him to wide receiver one because there was a real possibility there was a real possibility the tear that he was on to start this season, there was a possibility that he was going to follow that same Henry Ruggs trajectory and be the first wide receiver off of the board. He has legitimate 4-3 speed. He is a more, he's just as athletic as Henry Ruggs, where he may not be 4-2, 5-40-yard dash fast. Sub 4-3 was not out of the realm of possibility for Jalen Waddle. His lateral agility would have rivaled and or exceeded what Henry Ruggs did in his production profile, given what he had done up through this point in the season, was going to best Henry Ruggs. And now none of that comes to fruition. We've got an older wide receiver prospect that will have an incomplete analytical profile because he never met some of those thresholds that we like to see. He never had a, he did not break out. He did not command the majority of touches on that offense. He, he's never shown the ability to be the guy for an entire season during his career at Alabama. And when you look at Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle, 
I mean, their their career numbers look damn near identical. Jalen Waddle will finish his Alabama career with 103 receptions for 1,965 yards, averaging 19.1 yards a reception with 17 touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, 98 receptions for 1,716 yards, 17.5 yards a reception in 24 touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, two carries, 75 yards and a TD. Jalen Waddle, four carries, 17 yards, no touchdowns. When you look at their kick return, punt return ability, Jalen Waddle was a little more dynamic in that area. 38 punt returns for his career for 733 yards, averaging 19.3 yards per punt return, which is ridiculous. Two touchdowns, nine kick returns, 214 yards, averaging 23.8 yards a kick return and one touchdown. Whereas Henry Ruggs, no punt return touchdowns, no kick return touchdowns, 525 kick return yards, 25 total kick returns, and he was not a prolific punt returner as Jalen Waddle was. Henry Ruggs' best season, his final season at Alabama where he had 40 receptions, 746 yards, 7 TDs, and through five games, Jalen Waddle was already on pace to shatter what Henry Ruggs did. 25 receptions for 557 yards, averaging 22.3 a reception and four TDs, and that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote, and it's just devastating for a player as talented as Jalen Waddle. When I went to adjust my wide receiver rankings for the 2021 class today, I had to move them down. I had to move them down considerably, and you know, it, I, I, you have to have a Bayesian approach. I can like him all I want, but when you're talking about a player now who probably, as the podfather himself says, is a black box prospect, we may not see any kind of testing numbers from a Jalen Waddle. Well, you, you can't have him over Rondell Moore. You can't have him over a Jamar Chase. Rashad Bateman came back to life this past weekend looking like the stud that he is. Devonta Smith, I mean, you know, for, for all the for all the hype of Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith has been Mr. Consistent since his freshman season. You can't put Waddle over Smith. And I'm telling you right now, LSU has another one, another wide receiver that we should be excited about for our upcoming drafts in Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, Jamar Chase, and Rondell Moore right now are currently ranked ahead of Jalen Waddle after this past Saturday. Waddle moves from three to six in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I've got 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 rankings, cornerstone rankings, all of that good shit. But Waddle takes a dip. Waddle takes a dip and it's unfortunate, but the class is still loaded. When you've got players like a Tamari Ontario, Tutu Atwell, Kadarius Tony, not enough people are talking about the Florida playmaker, Kadarius Tony, Shy Smith from South Carolina, and then we get the Pac 12 back to see how talented and good an Amon Ross St. Brown can play, a Johnny Johnson out of Oregon, Demetric Felton from UCLA. The class is deep. The class is deep. I talked with Matt Kelly this past weekend, and he asked me, Ray, Ray, what does the 2020-21 class look like? You know, what do these wide receivers look like? What do these running backs look like? And I was honest with him. Running backs, uh, if you don't get, if you ain't landing a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, good luck. You know, I, I like Chuba Hubbard. I like Kenneth Gainwell. Journey Brown, uh, undisclosed medical condition, is probably not going to play this year. It's just a bunch of guys who are never going to be 
consistent fantasy scores for us for the long term. But the wide receivers, folks, the wide receivers, I would put this class of wide receivers right up there with 2020. And I know that's saying a lot, but these dudes are talented and it's deep. So what Jalen Waddle becomes now instead of a premium pick, a player who was pretty much a lock to be a top 10 pick in rookie drafts, especially if he got the draft capital that I assume that he would have gotten pre-injury. Well, now he becomes a value. Now he becomes a draft day value for those drafting at the back half of the first round or in the early second round of rookie drafts. It's going to be a prime spot to get a talented player like Waddle. And a lot of people are talking about, well, if he comes back, he can be the number one player in 20. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. All his boys are gone. Najee's going to be gone. Mac Jones is probably gone. Devonta Smith is gone. He ain't coming back to do this shit for free again. So go ahead and erase that from your memory. Jalen Waddle is as good as gone. And probably once he gets done with surgery and, you know, he's over the mental part of him not playing anymore, he'll go ahead and, and declare for the 2021 NFL draft. That's what he should be focused on. That's where his attention needs to lie. And our attention needs to be on number six from LSU because, boy, as excited as we were for Jamar Chase and the fact that he opted out and we don't get to see him, as excited as we were last year for Burrow and Clyde Edwards Lair and Justin Jefferson, they had a player a six foot four, 200 pound athletic marvel in Terrace Marshall, who was just as talented as those guys. He just didn't see the volume. Terrace Marshall is a former five star high school recruit. That is as high as it gets. The best of the best could have picked, could have chosen any damn college to attend picked LSU. He was the 13th overall player in the 2018 class, the number three overall wide receiver when it was all said and done behind Amon Ross St. Brown from USC and mega bus Justin Shorter, who is now at the University of Florida. Marshall was the number one wide receiver in the class before he too suffered an ankle injury, which by all accounts, when you read the reports, his leg was one way and his ankle was the other way. Foot point in one direction, very Dak Prescott-like. I, I don't know what's up with these type of injuries, but that's what he had is during his senior year of high school. Now, he was confirmed. This is verified 40-yard dash time of a 4.53 coming out of high school and a 35-inch vertical jump. So if we can just assume that when he went to the college level at LSU, a la Justin Jefferson, don't forget, when Justin Jefferson was coming out of high school, he had a verified 40-yard dash time of 4.88. Verified. Goes to the NFL combine. People still questioning the speed. He drops a 4.4. So if Terrace Marshall was running a four or five out of high school, we can only assume that it's probably close to that, if not sub four or five. So you're talking about a six foot four, 200 pound wide receiver who tested as an above average athlete coming out of high school, who is projected to test pretty damn well after this season during the NFL combine process. Terrace Marshall, his production, his production is what is is just astonishing as the third, fourth, and sometimes even fifth option for that national champion LSU team in 2019. He had 46 receptions, 671 yards, and 13 touchdowns. This season, in four games, he's got 27 receptions for 512 yards and nine touchdowns, averaging 19 yards per reception. Terrace Marshall is good. He is good at football. 
right now, currently amongst 2021 eligible wide receivers in college football. He sits at seventh in the country with four yards per route run, and, and he's playing with decent quarterback play. He ain't playing with Joe Burrow. He's got TJ Finley throwing him the ball. He's got Miles Brennan throwing him the ball. And when you look at what other analysts see when they watch Terrace Marshall, what other analysts are saying about Terrace Marshall, Dan Orvlowski from ESPN says that Terrace Marshall reminds him of New Orleans Saints All-Pro wide receiver Michael Thomas. He's phenomenal with his route running off of the line of scrimmage and a combination of a really talented young man who works really hard and understands the offense. That's what he looks like when I watch him play. He is an exceptional player that creates separation with his routes. I'm not one of those guys who's just, oh, look at his crisp routes. I don't give a shit about any of that, right? Can you separate? Can you win at what you do? And there are a multitude of ways in which a wide receiver can create separation. Terrace Marshall just happens to be a really good route runner and he's six foot four, 200 pounds. What he did in 2019, although he didn't have the 1,540 yards that Justin Jefferson had or the 111 receptions that Jefferson had or the 1,700 yards and 20 TDs that Jamar Chase had in 2019, what he did do, what he did do, which his other two wide receiver counterparts did not do, was broke out in his age 19 season. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with breakout age, it's defined as a player's age in which he accounted for at least 20% of his team's receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Okay, so we talk about dominator rating. We talk about breakout age. Terrace Marshall accounted for 20% of that 2019 team, LSU Tigers with Jamar Chase, with Justin Jefferson. He accounted for 20% of those receiving yards and touchdowns at 19 years old. When you're talking about college studs with an NFL future that actually accomplished that at an earlier age, you're talking about Chris Olave from Ohio State, Amon Ross St. Brown, which I talked about earlier from USC, big CJ Johnson, who we'll be talking about in the 2022 class soon, as well as David Bell, Justin Ross from Clemson, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, and Rondell Moore. Those are the only players who have done that over the past couple of years Terrace Marshall is right there. This is a player, folks, that I am putting my stamp on that he is going to push for first round draft capital. What he is doing right now, scoring two touchdowns. I mean, he he set some kind of SEC record for touchdowns in consecutive games. All he does is catch touchdown passes, create yards after the catch and win with exceptional route running ability, his speed, his only knock on Terrace Marshall is he does have a little bit of an injury history, right? Senior season, broken ankle out for the year. Comes into LSU, was recovering from that fractured foot, danged up shoulder last year in the Peach Bowl. So he does have a little bit of, of, of injury concerns, you know, tied to his production. But outside of that, Outside of that, you're looking at a at a stud wide receiver in this class, folks. Even with Jalen Waddle taking that dip, Terrace Marshall moves up from six to five. Terrace Marshall had him ranked wide receiver six in the class. He takes a step up, as well as Devonta Smith and Rashad Bateman. You're still looking at a very stacked class of, of wide receivers. This is this is gonna be fun, people. This is gonna be fun. And Every game that goes by uh, in the NFL 
then we look around at these teams that lack dominant alpha wide receivers. We look at these teams when, when the Denver Broncos best wide receiver is Tim Patrick, there's a problem. Okay. And I'm not here to shit on Tim Patrick. I think Tim Patrick's a fine player, but you ain't building a dynasty team around Tim Patrick. It's a damn shame that he, what he's doing to Jerry Judy, making him look, making him look like in people said he should have been the first wide receiver taken in 2020. Now, you know, the book remains to be written on Jerry Judy. The Denver Broncos definitely need an upgrade at quarterback position because Drew Locke ain't it. And we'll talk about some of these guys. Mac Jones. Listen, Mac Jones, folks, I've moved Mac Jones up to quarterback three. He has jumped Trey Lance for me. As much as we would we want to to dim the Mac Jones light, right? If that would have been Tua doing what Mac Jones is doing, three straight 400-yard games. He threw for 387 this past Saturday. If that would have been Tua, we would have been losing our damn minds. Sweatpants tight. Tight if that had been Tua. You know, just because it's it's Mac Jones, right? He's not supposed to do that. Zach Wilson out there throwing dimes left and right. This class of, of quarterbacks, the NFL needs them. The NFL needs them because there's some horrific quarterback play going on right now. And there are some talented wide receivers in this class. 2021 is just looking exceptional. So as we approach the trade deadline, as we get closer to shit, I'm just going to have to give it up and, and focus on the rebuild. Remember these names. Remember the Terrace Marshalls. Remember the Tutu Atwells. Remember the Yaman Ross St. Browns. And I know the Pac-12 hasn't stepped on the field yet, but they'll be back this coming Saturday. And we ain't done because we're going to have Ryan Lopes. You all know the great Ryan Lopes. We're going to have Lopes come on to talk about his boy. They seem to be attached at the hip. Seth Williams, the big wide receiver out of Auburn, six foot three. He was over 220 pounds last year, but dropped a little bit of weight, sitting at about 211. 24 receptions on the season for 424, averaging 17.7 reception. He just looks like an alpha X wide receiver at the NFL level. He's, he's big. He's physical. He's not the best separator. He's not the best route runner. He doesn't create a lot of space, but what he is good at is are those 50-50 balls. He's got great size. He has a good feel for the game. So we'll get Lopes on to talk about this guy. And again, it ain't just about what I see, man. Analytically, he's a goddamn monster as well. He just about doubled his dominator rating from his true freshman season to a sophomore year, accounting for 33.3% of his team's receiving yards and a 38% dominator rating last year in 2019 with the Bo Nix at quarterback. So this class, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to be excited about these wide receivers. But this is what you got to do, folks. You got to look yourself in the mirror. You got to take that team that you drafted and you felt so good about coming into the season. You got to look that team in the mirror. You got to set them down. You got to make them look themselves in the mirror and say, we ain't going to win it. We ain't going to win it. So we got to start prepping for 2021 and you need to get those 2021 draft picks because a player like Terrace Marshall Jr. is coming to a dynasty roster near you very, very soon. Thank you.